welcome to the Managing the Smart Mind podcast with your host, Coach Kramer. This is episode 92, The Power and Joy of Compromise in Relationships. Hello, smart human, and welcome to part two of this series on relationships for smart humans. Today, I will talk about something which I think is very underappreciated, compromise. Now, maybe you're wincing a little at this word, right? Compromise, seriously? Isn't that like giving up your soul, just lying down, right, at like a doormat? No, not at all. If you've listened to last week's episode, uh, we debunked lots of myths of attraction. Well, this week we're going to debunk myths around compromise because many people think making compromises is a bad idea, right? Like totally giving your power away. And I would argue the opposite. But first, definitions. <laughs> you know, I'm a philosopher, right? We need proper definitions. And especially because compromise has two very distinct meanings. The first one is an agreement or settlement of a dispute that is reached by each side making concessions. Basically, we have a dispute, a disagreement, a not on the same page situation, which then gets settled by all parties involved making concessions. So for example, you are doing a business deal, it often is a compromise, right? Your client wants more than you want to offer for less money than you want to receive. <laughs> and then you negotiate to reach a compromise, which hopefully makes everybody feel like they win. That is the first definition of compromise. But the second, according to Merriam-Webster, is the expedient acceptance of standards that are lower than is desirable. So this is basically where you lower your standards because it's you know, it's easier for you or it makes life easier or whatever. This is not what I mean when I talk about compromise. So compromise can mean lowering your standard. It shouldn't mean. But what we want to look at is compromise where it means that everybody wins. Does this sound like a fairy tale? <laughs> it's an on because it totally gets to be real. I do think this is one of the reasons why compromise has got such a bad reputation, right? The second meaning has kind of contaminated the first, which is much more neutral. Now let's look at relationships. I'm not just talking romantic relationships here. I'm also talking about pretty much all types of human relationships, friendships, partnerships, collaboration. What is a relationship? Well, according to, let's pick another dictionary, the Cambridge Dictionary this time, a relationship is the way in which two or more companies, countries, or people behave towards each other. Fascinating definition. Let's just focus on the people. So the way in which two or more people behave towards each other. I think if you have a way in which you behave towards each other, if that is a relationship, then all relationships stand to benefit from compromise, right? From concessions. Because let's get real, people. The perfect partner does not exist. 
just as a perfect human doesn't exist. You are not flawless, I'm willing to bet, and neither are the humans you choose to have relationships with. So you can have a wish list, and you certainly get to have one. In fact, if you haven't already, check out, as I said, the previous episode on attraction, where dating coach Lerka Nielsen actually encourages, encourages some people to be more demanding. But you have a wish list, you have preferences, so does your partner, right? You cannot have it all. And I actually think that in that sense, relationships are a great antidote, a sort of cure even for our crazy perfectionism. Because if we are able to accept that our partner is going to be imperfect, we actually open up to a much better, more authentic life, not just in relation to them, but also in relation with ourselves. And yet, so many people I talk to are not willing to compromise. They won't date someone who isn't as ambitious as they are, who dresses as smartly as they dress, who hasn't gone to the right school, who has different interests, different ideas on what to spend money on, different food preferences even. And basically, when you stick to all these demands and are unwilling to compromise, it becomes very hard to stay in a relationship because there will come a point where your partner does something you do not like. And even more so, by the way, if you're neurodivergent and they're not, but that's a whole other podcast. So yes, at some stage in any relationship, your partner is going to do something that you would rather they didn't, or they're not going to do something that you would rather they did, right? And that is, I think, where compromise can be a very powerful tool to build and maintain a beautiful relationship. So I'll give you a specific example. Let's say you have a partner who keeps buying and building Lego sets and you're not really that much into Lego. What do you do? Would that be a so-called deal breaker? Is that where you say, well, you know, this is obviously not the right person for me to spend the rest of my life with? Of course not. Seriously, <laughs> Lego a deal breaker? No, but all kidding aside, you can try and find a beautiful compromise. Because, okay, maybe this Lego buying partner would like to spend all the family money on Lego and fill the entire house with it. I'm definitely guilty of that, right? And you would prefer that they spend zero money on Lego so that you get to enjoy some beautifully empty space or you get to fill your shelves with your personal obsession. Well, this is exactly where you get to find that compromise. So rather than deciding that you're obviously not a good fit and your partner needs to go look for someone who loves Lego just as much. This is where you figure out a situation where both of you get a little bit of what you want and a little bit of what you don't want. Yes, a compromise, but also a win-win. And it's the same if your partner maybe is spending way too much time, according to you, meeting other people, going out to parties where you're an introvert and you'd rather stay at home, watch Netflix. Again, does it need to be a deal breaker if this is a wonderful human you really enjoy sharing your life with? Try to find a compromise. And this is hard for some smart people because they're so accustomed to basically ruling the world and making it do their bidding with their smart mind and just hanging with people who do what they want to do that when they get pushed back, they think it is a sign to break up with someone. Well, no, it is a sign that you're about to learn something. 
seriously, right? So some people just construct a world where they never get any pushback. And it's relatively easy to do, right? And as soon as you get the pushback, you walk away. Well, <laughs> that's not the path to growth. Let's just say that. Because if you get pushback, you're about to learn something. You're about to learn that sometimes it really is worth not getting your way, or at least not 100% of it. That there is actually something very beautiful on the other side of that, which is to say meaningful long-term relationships. Now, probably some of you are already thinking, does that mean I should always compromise? No, of course not. As we again talked about in the previous episodes, there are deal breakers. There are non-negotiables. Think stuff like lying, cheating, never showing up for you, being all talk and no action, etc., etc., right? In those cases, you definitely do not want to compromise. You want to have some solid boundaries in place. And I'll talk more about boundaries in the, in the next episode. So how does this compromise thing, which I claim is the basis of many a beautiful, loving, not to mention fun relationship work in practice, how do you decide how much you're willing to kind of give in? And what is a reasonable, fair compromise? How do you figure that stuff out? That is where you just have to be ready for it to be messy and not black and white. You get to learn and figure it out. It's, by the way, also a great exploration into your values and those of your partner. Because some people care deeply about reciprocity, for example, and others can care less. And some people get extremely stressed out when the kitchen services aren't cleaned up and the dirty dishes aren't in the dishwasher at the end of the day, whereas other people don't even notice them. So in a sense, this is also dating your partner's preferences. You get to learn to figure out what they like, what they prefer, and what you like, what you prefer. And then you both get to decide in what ways you want to cater to each other's preferences. And the beautiful thing is that rather than getting annoyed or frustrated about some, someone being different, having different preferences, you can have a conversation about how you're different and how you want to bridge that specific gap. You can say something like, hey, I'd love the dishes to be in the dishwasher before we go to bed. Is that something you're willing to help me with, for example, rather than just going to bed every night being super, super annoyed that you're doing it every single night and your, your partner doesn't even seem to notice how you're suffering. <laughs> and if you're an introvert married to an extrovert, you can negotiate some introverted at-home time in exchange for going to a party or, or something similar with them. Now, all this exploration, negotiation becomes a lot easier if you can see it as a joyful exploration rather than this kind of trench war where if you give in, you lose, right? This is not about power. This is about you being curious about the person you are, want to spend part of your life with or befriend or collaborate with. And then you, from that perspective, you can see the whole compromise thing as a beautiful dance to have a better time together. So if you are noticing a pattern of short-lived relationships in your life, whether it's romantic or otherwise, I think this is a great time to check in with yourself. Do you think that compromising means that you're lowering your standards? Do you spin stories about how you deserve more? If so, I would love to invite you to explore whether you need to tap into the power and joy of compromise. And here's some specific homework 
you can identify one area where you do not like your partner's behavior and then brainstorm some ways in which you would ask them to compromise, right? Meet you halfway and where you could meet them halfway and then have an open, light conversation with them about it over the coming week. Just remember, a curious, exploratory, joyful touch works best. And then compromise can be incredibly powerful and incredibly freeing. Have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. smart human, probably listening to this podcast because you want to learn how to manage that smart mind of yours. And the first step is actually getting your bearings, doing a little brain audit. And I have the perfect tool for that, the Mapping Your Unique Brain Workbook. And you can actually download it for free at www.coachkramer.org slash brain map. So that's coachkramer.org slash brain map. Go check it out and play with it and take your first step to managing your smart mind. Mm-hmm.